Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Um, okay, so hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. It's Kara McCarran with the She's the Owner podcast. We're doing a video as well as um, recording for the actual podcast itself. Um, so I have my very first couple guest, which is really exciting to me. Um, Kit and Rosie, is it Volcano is actually the last name or is that just what, yes. oh my gosh. Okay. That's amazing. Yes. Um, can you say your full name? My full name is Rosie Unicorn Tenuvio Volcano. My legal name. Then what's your legal name? Uh, Kit Whistle Volcano, but it's pronounced. Love it. So Kit and I met. Uh, it, although he thinks it's like a hundred years ago, it was really five minutes ago in um, West Palm Beach, Florida at Date with Destiny. We are in the same group and we just connected afterwards and uh, he got wind of this podcast and thought, what an awesome way to connect. And here we are. So tell me a bit about yourself, how you guys um, like, I want to know about the business because it's still an entrepreneurial ish type of show, but really what we talk about, as you know, is feminine and masculine balance, um, within business and then within you guys as a couple, which is going to be amazing to hear. Um, so tell us a bit about the business, you know, what's it called, what kind of work you guys do, and then we'll kind of dig in from there. Sure. So our company is called The Little Volcano and um, we're a transformational coaching company. So we sort of to be coaches and we also do live transformational events all over the world. Um, very similar to Tony Robbins, but people like to describe us as like Tony Robbins on mushrooms because we're a little <laughs> wacky. We tend to attract the more creative types of people. And um, yeah, we just get a little bit freakier with it, I guess. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we certify, we, we teach people how to become coaches how to, you know, we teach people how to learn conversation models that really explore your mind and the way that your mind creates your reality. And mm -hmm. it's really incredible to, you know, people go through our program almost like a, like a yoga teacher training. Some people do it to become coaches and some people do it because of how much their life changes when they look at themselves in a bigger picture way and they see how the, the mind of their life is actually actually the macro of what they're creating mm -hmm. in a bigger picture sense and yeah so kit tell us a, a bit like well i'll kind of go back and forth but tell me a bit about your history your just your past like what you did before this kind of a bit like a snapshot of your journey up to this point there is no snapshot <laughs> there's a thousand snapshots but um well i have like i kind of identify as being unemployable. I have never really had a, a real job for maybe longer than a year. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, you know, I've always just kind of a, been a person with big dreams and big vision and never was able to fit into an employee mindset. And, you know, I think it's really incredible people who are able to fit to employee mindsets. They know exactly what they want. They know how they, they, they want their life, their life to run. Um, but for me, I've, you know, I've created multiple businesses. Um, I had a super successful hair salon in, in Chicago that I sold in, what year did I sell it? 2014. 2014. Um, and 
the entrepreneurial journey also comes kind of like an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. if you don't have the tools for for grounding your mindset, grounding your heart, and really understanding how universal law works. You can really start to take things personally when you're a leader and you're a, like a vision and a, a vision maker and a creator. And uh, it was a couple years into my hair salon, I you know my depression was really creeping in super bad and I went on a quest to to find like how do you really heal the mind how do you heal Mm. the mind and how do you work with you know not not necessarily mental illness but mental challenges and it really led me to coaching it led me to to yoga it led me to the mind body spirit connection and how that presents in the world and how that actually creates everything in your life and that's how we ended up creating our coaching company was just through that journey. I think I, I want to bring up something you just mentioned, you touched upon that you were unemployable. And I think um, a lot of the people that listen to this, they're all obviously entrepreneurs or many of them are. And I think that's one of the things I, like I'm 44 now and I've been an entrepreneur since I was well, alive, but even, you know, 20 plus years ago, it wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. That wasn't trendy. It was like what you did when you fucked up mm-hmm. and you couldn't do anything else and you couldn't stick to a job. And so like all along I'm going and I'm watching all, all my girlfriends and they're like, you know, they're working, they're going to university, they're going to all the traditional things. And here I am like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what I want to do. I have no idea. I just knew I always wanted to do my own thing and skip to my own beat and all those things. Right. And so I just want to bring, uh, bring awareness to that, that if you're in that situation often, and now it's a bit different, but often we we're kind of pigeonholed into this thing where it's like, that's what you do if you can't do anything else or real estate, real estate was one of those things that that's what you did when you could do nothing else. Now everyone wants to be a real estate agent because the shit is cool. Wow. Right. Yeah. But like, I just want ladies, if you're, you know, if you're in the beginning stages of this, I want you to understand that there's absolutely zero wrong with you. We need entrepreneurs. We are the ones who drive the economy. We are the ones who create the work and the jobs and we do it from our hearts. But the bottom line is if you're stuck and you're thinking, why can't I stick to the X? You're probably not built to stick to the X. You're probably built to be you know, more of a leader entrepreneur. And I just want you to lean into that and honor that because it, I struggled with that for 20 years. It was a long time before I was like, oh, actually business mastery. When, when I went with Tony Robbins um, in 2018, no, 17. And it was then that I was like, have you done it yet, Kit? Business mastery? Yeah. yeah. So you know how he goes, biz, uh, entrepreneur, leader, and then artist? And I was like, for sure, I'm a leader. Maybe I'm like, no, I came out of there going, okay, I'm secure in the fact that now I know I'm an entrepreneur. And it's like, it's, it's painful for me to watch people, women, especially who are like, think there's something wrong when they don't want to go and work for somebody else and, and they struggle. And so I just wanted to kind of bring a bit of awareness towards that. What about you, Rosie? What was your, like, where did you come from to this point? Like, were you working in a traditional sense and then decided you coaching with it or tell me a bit about how you got here yeah I started out as an artist moved to Chicago to go to art school and then realized all my friends going to art school um ended up working in coffee shops afterwards <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the most expensive art school there is hundred thousand dollars most people are mm. in debt afterwards 
And so before school actually started, I, I took a class at a massage school downtown for fun. It was like a free class, try out what it's like to be a massage therapist. And mm. I fell in love with it. And I decided to go to massage school instead. Um, and that was in 2007. So uh, I was a massage therapist for over a decade. Uh, and Kit and I started dating and got married somewhere in the middle of that. And he he kind of pushed me out the entrepreneurial door. So I always felt much more comfortable working for someone else because I, I saw my dad be an entrepreneur growing up and saw him fail many, many times. I, I like the security of working for someone else. Mm. Um, but at some point it was just like, Bink! and he turned our spare bedroom into a massage studio, bought me a business license and a wow. website. And it was like, here's the Squarespace website. You design it. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're doing this. I was like, uh, I'm not ready. He's like, yes, you are. Do it now. And sure enough, like within a week, I was making four times as much money as I had been working Mm -hmm. for someone else. And I could do whatever I wanted. I could listen to whatever music I wanted. I was in my own house. I was like, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? So um, that was in 2013. And then we started the Little Volcano by the end of that year. Uh, and the little volcano slowly transitioned from my massage studio at home to us making yoga leggings for a short period of time to us mm, opening mini art gallery and a mini art gallery. And then, um, and then we turned into a brick and mortar yoga studio in Asheville, North Carolina for two years. Um, and then we transitioned into a coaching business. So the little volcano has been around since 2013, but it's been through many different cycles and different yeah. lives. Yeah. I think, so you know, the interesting thing um, that the dichotomy between the two of us is that I think I became an entrepreneur because I'm incredibly sensitive. Like uh, okay. my pain threshold is not very high. And um, and because of that, it, it makes me an incredible visionary because I have to dream my way out of situations. Whereas Rosie, she can, her pain threshold is pretty high. And, and she can, you know, sit down. Keep focus. working on it. Keep on ticking. Yep. And I can't, I just, you know, I just can't, I have to um, innovate and think my way out of situations with something that's much more easier on my spirit my body and my mind. So I would, being I would challenge that you're, you can handle more pain than you think you can. I would call, I would do one of these on you for that statement, but I have a question. I I can, but I don't want to. Okay, I want to. I want to be. I want to think smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So when you, Rosie, this is an interesting thing that you bring up because often in couples, the entrepreneur is trying to push the semi- seemingly non-entrepreneur into entrepreneurship, and it never works. Like very rarely does it work. So I'm curious to know your like how that how that happened because normally like I've I've tried I mean my husband is an entrepreneur he's entrepreneurial I don't know that I he's not I yeah he's entrepreneurial but like I've seen where you know couples will be like oh I but the fact that Kit you just went ahead and were like no sweetie you're doing this talk a bit about how you like you Rosie felt in that moment where you were like like, obviously, there was there was truth and you wanted to do it. But, like, tell tell me a bit about how that happened and how you were, like, cool with it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think 
what's beautiful about our dynamic is that Kit is the visionary. He's the fire starter. And I'm the one that finishes what he starts or uh, build, builds the foundation to support his crazy ideas. And before, right before I'm almost finished building that foundation, he'll come up with another crazy idea and we'll jump off another cliff. And I'll be like, oh, okay, let me build a parachute really quick. So <laughs> we balance each other out. And, and that's the thing, Kit's, Kit's most successful businesses in his life were when he had another business partner on the other side of that mm-hmm. filling in the gap. And so he has the vision, but if he doesn't have that balance from from someone else kind of filling in those gaps, it, he has not always necessarily come to fruition. And when we combined our energies, it was honestly, it was like something I felt like I'd been waiting for my whole life because I've always been really resourceful. I've always been really... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like I, I finish what I start, right? Like I follow through with stuff and have a million ideas for things. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded, uh, but I kind of just had this fear and scarcity from from childhood stuff. And so when given the opportunity to actually, okay, I bought you a Squarespace website. Before that, I would have been scared to spend $250, right? right. right? But Kit's like, here, here's this blank website. Do whatever the hell you want with it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me just play around with this. Next thing you know, I've got like the website's done. People are booking appointments. I've got 12 reviews on Yelp. And, you know, it's like it, it took no time at all. All I needed was literally someone to unlock the door and, and push it open. And I'm just like, yeah, give it to me. Let's go. I mean, I think I saw her working for a boss and I was like, I realized that she was her boss's biggest asset. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, no, honey, like, we are in this together. You're not in this together with your boss. We're in this together. Like if you become your own best asset, not somebody else's best asset. And I've got the entrepreneurial mind to support you. Like the sky's the limit with us. We're such a perfect match that when we balance each other out, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Well, and I think like that, that's all beautiful and I love it, but we both know three of us know that typically the, the, the one who wasn't taking the initiative to launch on their own would still resist. So the fact that you trusted him enough, and then that kind of leads us into the masculine feminine energy stuff, because I, like I said, I've tried to push Ken into various things along the way. And, and I've seen other couples where one's an entrepreneur and they'll say like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, and then scarcity kicks in and they don't. So I think it's important to, to celebrate the fact that you both let it, partnership or not good together or not there's still you know personalities and people who won't actually continue so I think the fact that you you set it up for her and then she took it and then you ran is that's unusual like it it is it's usually like they'll we'll kind of go a little way and then it'll be like holy shit no I'm going to go back to a job now so I think it's kind of cool mm-hmm. that you actually continued and like really ran with it because that doesn't it really doesn't happen that way usually it's like because we're I think that's the thing as entrepreneurs, we're looking at these situations all the time, looking like, why are you wasting all your energy and talent over there? Come with me. And, and actually that's what my husband did. Cause yeah, I was at a job and he was like, I know you can sell content, which is my first company, the content company. And he's like, I can do the writing and you can do the selling. And I was like, no, we'd had a bunch of businesses before that too. And I was like, uh, I want a paycheck. I'm going to continue at this agency, blah, blah, blah. And he basically did what kids did. So that's really interesting that I'm just now I'm, re, I'm reframing that to see it that way. But I ran with it because I really am an entrepreneur, like ultimately, mm. but I was kind of chicken shit for a little while there again. Yeah. Um, so 
let's talk about masculine feminine energy. So what I would love is if you could tell the story of kind of how you guys came to be kit. If you want to talk about your transformation, I'm not sure, you know, if that like just kind of from the, not from the beginning, beginning, but um, you know, talk about how you guys got together and then maybe we can talk about how you manage that, the energy between the two of you. Well, we're kind of at a place in our life where like nothing's off the table. So you can ask us anything. Um <laughs> It's more exciting for your guests and it, you know, it just serves people more to be open and transparent. For sure. Um, so eight 100%. years ago. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, tell us. So eight years ago we got married as I started dating as lesbians eight years ago. Okay. Seven seven years ago we got married. Okay. Yeah, but we got we got gay married. We were lesbians. I'm glad you remember. So the Kit, you were you. Yeah. Kit, you were born a woman. I was born a woman. And eight. Now I look like this. Oh, <laughs> um, has got like crazy beard for all the ones who aren't seeing it and only hearing it. He's very, uh, I, I don't even know. Well, if you're hearing it, she... you probably don't know because my voice is super ambiguous. Um, but if you're looking at it, you have no freaking clue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. eight years ago, so, you got married or you started dating as lesbians. Yep. Yeah. And uh, one thing that we always said was that I wore the pants in the relationship. She did. Uh, okay. You know, I, Kit is hypersensitive and would definitely have a lot more emotional moments. And in those moments, I would be kind of the more stoic one. I'm the one who uses the power tools and to make sure the bills are paid and da 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 da. And, and you know, and, and so the, our masculine feminine balance and this is something we've really been thinking a lot about lately because we knew we were coming on this podcast today. So we've really been exploring this. It's like, how do you talk about the masculine feminine balance in a couple that literally both used to be women. Now one of us is a man where, you know, there's so many different ways that it exchanges back and forth. Mm. But what we would say is that um, we got to a point in our relationship about three years in where three, yeah, where Kit was just starting to transition and um, things were coming to a, a breaking point for us uh, as a couple and as a business. This is when we owned a yoga studio and the yoga studio was totally failing. And I went into um, what I would refer to as toxic masculinity of work, yep. work, 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 try to take care of everything, like keep it all together, hold it together for everybody, for everything. Don't talk about your emotions, hide everything. Um, you know, just be the tough one, just make it work, make it work, make it work. That's what I saw my dad doing growing up. And that, right. that was like my go-to survival thing to try and save our yoga studio, to try and save our marriage. And Kit went total um, toxic feminine of, I'm going to hide. I'm going to withdraw. Mm. I'm going to go really internal, really stagnant, be super shut emotional, down, shut down, not uh, shut down emotionally, but shut down like physically, energetically, and, um, enable, enable to really like face anything hyper emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there was a, there was that breaking point and it was a huge wake up call for us. And I remember the moment that we really had that wake up call, um, Kit was hiding under a desk crying and uh, I had checked out and turned on a fantasy movie because that's that's my checkout mechanism and that's his checkout mechanism. It's a hiding. Mine was hide and cry and yours is just like check out with like fantasy, fantasy. Harry Potter. Whatever. What did you watch? Okay, I was gonna say I need to know what you watched, but are you... it yeah, usually it's Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Outlander. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was like Outlander. Those are my it was, it was a space movie I'd never seen before, but oh. it, I realized it because I was watching it. And I was like, what am I doing? 
I realized right. like 15 minutes and I'm like, wow, my partner is crying under a desk right now. And I'm sitting here just like pretending I'm in space, literally to not That's deal right. with this. We were just reactivating all of our, our young childhood traumatic patterns. It's weird. Like, um, I have this, when, when things get really intense, I have this, like need to hide. Mm-hmm. And so after that moment, we both really had a wake up call, recommitted to doing the mindset work that we needed to do to heal everything, to heal our relationship, our business, whatever that looked like. And that's also when we discovered law of attraction, not discovered it. We'd already known about it, but that's when we really started applying it like right. hardcore, 100%, no, no lapse in mindset. Like every time we catch another one complaining about something, speaking negatively, we'd say, ah, shift your mindset, shift it shift it 17 yep. seconds um we listen to abraham hicks every single day and literally within weeks our entire life changed our lives changed um and there was really there was really a rock bottom for us and and i have to say every anytime we hit a moment where you know we feel that intensely i'm like this is now my reframe is this is fucking fantastic like this is incredible every time we hit a rock bottom within weeks things are infinitely better because it's like that that rock bottom that makes you choose to really apply the tools that you already know mm-hmm. if you I wanna, have I wanna, always... yeah go ahead yeah, I want to jump in before we move on from this part because it's really important that we talk about it. it when we're talking about mindset and then the law of attraction and all of the things that we all practice you know daily mostly daily I want to just you know say that it doesn't it doesn't always happen immediately a lot of times it can depending on what type of thing you're trying to bring in but I want you guys to know that um, it, it takes diligence it takes discipline like it, it, when we talk about these things it can sound a bit foofy and it can you know I know there's people that will think oh this is all bullshit and whatever but the, at the end of the day it's it is a discipline it is a muscle and like I have a coach I work with and I have a list of things that I have to do. And and it's funny because in my feminine, I do the things, but I have to get into my masculine to make sure I execute the things. So Mm. even within myself, I have to flip back and forth where I have to be in my masculine to write priming, visualization, journaling, meditate. Like I have to be in my masculine to make the list, but then dip into my feminine to actually experience those things in the way that I need to experience them. So I just wanted to, to say like, we all do these practices, but it's like, look at you guys. I mean, it's taken time. It takes time and it will take you falling on and off the wagon, especially right now when things are very, Oh, that's my dog. Um, especially really kind of up in the air and there's a lot of uncertainty and all those things. But I just want to honor the fact that like you ladies need to know that it's not, it's not an immediate thing. It never will be. It's, it takes practice. It's like yoga. It is a practice. Okay. So, so you, you come to this point and where, where are you at now? Like in terms of who do you, cause I, I think it's fascinating because biologically you would think that you'd both want to lean more into the feminine, but because no. of the situation, you know, are you, well, so that would ask, yeah. Like tell me a bit about how right. you feel. Cause I know as a masculine energy woman, I want, um, I don't want to be that way in my relationship. I'm happy to be that way in my mm-hmm. companies, but I'm not happy to be that way with my, my spouse. So yeah. this is really for you, Rosie. How do you feel in that, that situation? Yeah. So Kit and I were talking about this as well. Um, just in terms of, 
translating it for people who are mostly heterosexual versus people who are more on the queer end of the spectrum or the gay or lesbian, bisexual, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Because, you know, when for us, identifying as lesbians and having that be like ingrained in who we are. And for a long time, that was our entire friends group. It's a group of nothing but masculine women who are all in relationships that really do tend towards the masculine end of things because lesbians tend to be a little bit more masculine than feminine. Um, and, and, and a lot of times it ends up being more of a toxic masculinity because it's like coming from a place of trauma or it's coming from a place of having to prove something or whatever. Right. And so it's definitely been a really interesting journey for us because I always really prided myself in that masculinity. I prided myself in being able to get, get shit done and take care of everybody in my family and in my relationship. And what that ends up turning into is something that we have been able to um, help hundreds of thousands of people with, which is codependency, Mm. right? So what we see as one of our biggest assets in our business is helping people heal from codependent relationships. And what codependency is, is an imbalance of the masculine and feminine. And and you could see it in, in any direction of the spectrum because it's really subjective, Right. Because you could look at a codependent person who is like trying to control everything, trying to, um, you know, like like what I would do as Kit is I would pick up his clothes before they even hit the floor. Because I knew that if you if he took his clothes off and left them on the floor, they'd stay on the floor forever. And if I didn't pick them up, then nobody else would. So I had to do it myself. And you could see that as over masculine or you could see that as over feminine, like an overbearing mother. Right. Someone who's just like, well, I guess I'm just going to do it all, aren't I? And just get really resentful and like secretly you know, just hate the other person because you have to do everything. And so that that's really where we were at at that point. Um, and what happens is, is when somebody steps up in that way, um, it's actually coming from a wounded place. And when you talk about your codependency, you, you talk about how you'll overgive to compensate for a worthiness like an internal worthiness. Well, of course you do Black. it to get love. You yeah. do it to get love. Yeah. If I don't like internally, subconsciously, it's like, if I don't do these things, then I won't receive love. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I was taught subconsciously growing up. So um, unwinding all of that has been our biggest, the, it's been the main story and the main thing that we've done that has strengthened our relationship has been unwinding those codependent patterns and teaching other people how to do the same thing and showing up for that day after day and being willing to look at it through the lens of non-judgment and love and saying oh there goes my codependent pattern again isn't that cute let me catch it what do we name her uh dustbuster in in january we named her dustbuster nice it's nice it really comes out to put names to it but i i I want to say too like the, the, here's the biggest problem I think with um, the masculine energy for women like us, because I'm, I'm a recovering uh, ball breaker. And I say that intentionally because that's what it is. It's not, it's not coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of pain. And I grew up with two alcoholic parents. I was physically abused. I was taken from my parents when I was 15. I've everything I did, I did myself. And, but the thing, and I am rolling my eyes only because I feel healed from it, but it's sort of like I was taught to be in a, in a toxic masculinity and not even so much toxic to outside, but to inside, like the anxiety was real. Like it was, 
if I don't, if I don't keep control of the situation, I have four children now, like it's really tough to keep, con- and there are three of them are adults. Like, how do you control that? You don't. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I came into my marriage as a masculine energy person, woman, and my husband came in as a feminine, feminine energy man. And so right, right out of the gate, we're fucked because that's not our natural role. And so 20 yeah. years later, we've been married for 20 years. We actually came, we got back together after date with destiny because Aww. I came home. Yeah. I came home in my feminine because I understood it yeah. viscerally. Mm-hmm. I kind of had an idea, but I came home and I understood it. And I came home like that, not intending to be with him, but we just interacted. We have kids, the business together. And then all of a sudden he shows up in his mature masculine. And I was like, oh, and then next thing you know, here we are. And we're working our asses off to do this because it's mm-hmm. at our core where we're at. But like yeah. we are taught as women and so I'm 44. I don't know how old you guys look like you're friggin' 20, whatever, but the, Mid, the, we're almost in our late thirties. We're almost 35, whatever. 36. Okay. You're 30, looking fabulous. 37. 37. <laughs> but we grew up learning that masculine energy women was a good thing. Like you think of all the shows that I saw in the eighties and it was like, so you have that coupled with trauma. No kidding. I'm showing up in this way but never did it feel good. Like it always felt like a struggle to show up in this masculinity because it's not my core. My core is feminine. I, and, and again, so I think it's, I love that you're the, the strength of this podcast and this community that I want I'm building is that women like you and I can get together and tell the women on the other side of this, it's okay to come over here. You can leave your, you know, proverbial penis over there. And that proverbial penis. Yeah, I have a my proverbial penis also. Right. Well, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's okay. We're on this. We're, we're like, I feel like we're on the other side of the mountain saying, come on, you guys, I promise you can still be a badass and you can still run the your world's company. not going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can be mm-hmm. soft and intuitive and all those beautiful things. So Kit, I have questions exactly. for you. Yeah. You know, before so, we go into that, yeah, like Rose, when you talk about the woman being in the masculine, what it actually does is it is it is it's not just toxic to her it's toxic to the people around her as well oh, 100%. Um, it disempowers like people like a lot of strong powerful women and men too who who need to do everything or, or take their value and their worth from doing everything for everyone what happens is you actually take away people's internal value of being able to step up and be strong for themselves and when Rosie was going and just cleaning up behind me before I could even take a breath or like realize what I needed to do for myself, she would take that away from me. Um, Mm. And it started to weaken me until we were, until the pattern got so big that it was finally painful and we had to change it. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Like even with my daughters, I, after I came home from the event, I said, to all of them, I'm really sorry. And they're like, why? And I said, well, I've taught you that being a strong woman means being in your masculine. And that's the totally opposite thing I should be teaching you. And I mean, I have a 32 year old, 23 year old, a 19 year old and a 10 year old. And even the 10 year old wow. she goes, she'll say to me, am I being in my masculine right now? And I'm like, that's so cute. You are. But I've taught them all because I was a single mom and all this stuff. I taught them like, don't ask for help. Do everything yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Like all the classic Mm -hmm. things we do. 
And, and that's it. Like I'm disempowered. I disempowered all of them. And so I, I basically said, you guys, mom's got some new tools and I need to teach you how to unravel. And if you, if you guys get a chance, um, listen to, there's a two podcasts. Well, they're all three. There's three podcasts with my kids on it. Two of them are Amanda Jeroen. She's my stepdaughter. She's the 32 year old, um, or 33 year old. Listen to it because you can hear it before I went away. Wow. what she's like mm. and then when I come back we we did another podcast and she's wow she said when I'm in my masculine I'm lonely and when I'm in my feminine I feel community like oh, so cool. isn't that wow. cool yeah but um yeah it, it is thank you for that kit because it's very disempowering to the people around us even your kids I tell them I tell ladies I'm like you're teaching your daughters how to do this and it's not good because it doesn't bring them totally. any sort of balance so exactly. so kids Tell, tell me a bit about how you manage that because it's not as cut and dry as if you were born a man and, you know, naturally wanted to be in your masculine core and all that, all the stuff that we know, you know, is typical. So talk a little bit about, you know, that dynamic. You know, I think whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or a trans relationship or a, or a gay relationship, um, it, it is it is a balance of masculine and feminine. Like I, I say, it's like riding a bicycle. Like you can't just put right. on all of one pedal and go forward. And I think sometimes in relationships, like if a man is just only pushing on his masculine, he's going to get stuck as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a, a woman needs to step up and be in her masculine for her man. And a, a man needs to step up and be in his feminine in a healthy way for, for his woman or for the partner. And, you know, we were talking about this ridiculous situation that happened the other day um, about this, about how, about this, this like bunny that had gotten hit by a car in the road. Oh, and there were these children out there in the road. We were walking our dog, walking our dog. They love a dead bunny. They will try to go right for it. Yeah. So, we see these kids, these three kids, trying to pick up the bunny with a shovel. And what they're doing oh. is, is they're not quite getting the shovel under the they're bunny. They're pushing it, and we're like, oh, "Let's go help them." And I think, I think, oh, they just don't have enough force. So, uh, which so, is a super masculine thing to think, right? I say, mm-hmm. uh, "I'll take the dogs. Why don't you go help them? Because they're just gonna mangle that bunny, and it's not gonna be fun for anybody to watch that." So right. I'll hold the dogs. You go help them. So he goes over to the, with the shovel. And I just start shoving at it. And it's not. It's not. Making it's it not work. working. And, and you've got this old trauma that was kind of reactivated from your childhood sure. at that moment. Yeah. I, uh, around dead baby animals. And, 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 so I, and so I go into this state of, I don't want these kids to see this bunnies. Oh, my God. This, this bunny get angled. This is a, like, just like. And I said. I'm, I'm trying to get kids. kind of fight or flight moment for you. Yeah. And so, but I can't go towards him because I have the dogs and I don't want them to grab the bunny. So I'm standing off to the side and I'm like trying to get Kit to stop for a moment so I can say, Hey, look, I have a better idea. Why don't you guys just take that trash bag and pick the bunny up with the trash right. bag with your hand and then inside out the trash bag and you got super a little... easy peasy lemon squeezy. But instead what my, what came out of my mouth was, Hey, stop, stop, control fear and you know it was interesting my wounded masculine really just like 
it really well you started to emasculate me in front of these kids right and, and, and inside my head I, I just felt like that wounded little boy of, of like his mother like constantly kind of overseeing everything telling him what to do he's not doing it, it right it right he's not doing right like not um and, and like constantly just stopped from actually exploring and, and, and stepping into my own confidence, uh, you know, of being able to do something correctly. Um, and she, and, and so I, I, I felt my toxic masculine come in and just kind of like puff up and get silent. Like, mm. oh, you know, it's, it's the toxic masculine thing is to like, I'm, I'm too good for this and emotionally pull away and kind of like get angry and feel um, kind of self-righteous. You know, right. Let me, let me prove that I can do that. Let me, you know, she, she thinks she's emasculating me in front of these children. It's really silly. Um, but you know, this is like the micro pattern of a macro prep pattern. And, um, and we talked about it later about how, cause we both kind of got triggered by each other. And, and, and you know, what we really teach people is how to take that bird's eye view of what, what is happening. And, um, in that moment, her toxic feminine was matching my toxic masculine. And we we're like, well, if we were healthy in that moment, what would we have done? Mm. And Rosie was like, well, I would have just said, hey, stop. Here, use this bag. And not needed to, like, take over and do it, but just said, here, here's the tool. Like, try it this way from a really calm place. And, you know, if I were really in a healthy, grounded, healthy, grounded, centered place in myself, I wouldn't have made a story up about her that her panic had anything to do with me not being good enough and not being masculine enough and I think you know when it comes to masculine and feminine in the end like couples do dance a little bit and they need that room to dance like how summer dances into spring and winter dances into fall there's never like cut and dry black and white you, there's always like a, a a blend happening but it's about coming from this core place of unconditional love for yourself and unconditional love for the other person. When you do that, you can dance a little bit between both gender spectrums and still be in a healthy place within yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. It does. And thank you for sharing that. I think um, the interesting thing that you, that you're bringing up is really what it is it's the ability to catch things before they like catch it before it's a fire full-blown fire and I think especially kind of to tie it into what we're dealing with now and I don't give a lot of energy to it um, my husband and I have worked together like we have two digital three digital companies we're always together working so at this moment um, this lifestyle is not that different for us and so when you talk about triggers, I, I am being triggered for some reason. And I think it's not for some reason. I know the reasons. And, and I keep I keep dipping back into my masculine energy around him. And I and part of that is the trigger is there's crisis right now. Now, I don't feel the crisis necessarily, but the crisis is out there. And, crisis, you know, it's all you hear is that word. And so I think there's still some old wiring subconsciously in me where it's like crisis. Holy shit, I better activate. And then I do. And he's sitting there because he's an introvert. He's a creative. He's like, just chill. He is the ch most chill guy. Things get to him, but he's not like anything else I've ever known. Anyone else I've ever known. He's a total anomaly. So I'm almost looking at him like, well, why aren't you getting, well, they're panicking. Why are the hell aren't you panicking? And he's like, why, why I panic? And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? And then it's like, it's not hard to like, I, I said to him, you know, it's like, 
I haven't practiced this opening of myself long enough. So let's say coronavirus waited a year, I probably would have been in a better, I would have been practicing this new feminine version. And that's not new, but it's new, right? It's like, I'm putting away my, my masculine hat. And I discovered this new feminine core that I love so much, but I hadn't practiced it for months and months and months before this happened. So it's still a, a, it's still something that I, I, and I don't like the word struggle, but the thing I work with, because I find myself doing those little irritating, like bitching about the dishes, bitching about like just stupid shit, stupid shit. But it, I'm aware enough now where I can go, okay, Kara, like, you know what you're doing here. But it's even knowing it's swallowing that pride or swallowing the, it is pride, it's ego. It's shutting her up long enough to come out and say, okay, I love you. I don't really care how you did the dishes. I'm sorry. That was old programming. And I think that's the challenge right now is that like, you know, the four of us, you guys work together. We work together. It's not as difficult for us, but you think about the couples who've never been stuck in the house together for like 30 straight days. Talk a little Mm -hmm. bit, like, do you have any, I know I've got some strategies and I talk about them often, but do you have any strategies right now for, you know, couples who, let's say a woman who is a CEO is stuck in the house with her husband who did whatever. And now they're trying to balance and not kill each other inside the house because there's this battle of energies right now because Mm. it's such an odd time. So talk a little bit about that if you can. I've got one. We have, we have a client who um, we were working with her a couple of years ago and she's super powerful woman, incredibly powerful, you know, had multiple jobs uh, living in New York um, in a, in a studio apartment with her boyfriend. And as, as we begin to work with her, we find out that like she's taking on maybe 90% of, of the responsibilities, the finances, the rent, pretty much everything. And still like, and, and, and really like making it okay. And meanwhile, you know, their sex life has kind of fallen apart. Kind of. Um, it was non-existent. Um, and (laughs) he just, he had, but what, what was happening is he had no reason to step up. Absolutely none. Like if you don't have a reason to step up, why would you? And Mm-hmm. You know, some core exercises I gave her to do was don't do the dishes for a week. Just yeah. don't, you know, let them know like, Hey, I need to start nurturing my feminine side. I really need to feel supported. And I, you know, like I want to start feeling more worthy and, 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 and feeling into my feminine side. I'm not going to do the dishes for a week. So you're not just like doing this like aggressive standoff. Right. You're having a communication about how to start to shift the power dynamics a little bit. hmm um, but it would be awesome. have communication about it of like, Hey, I, I noticed I'm in fear right now. I noticed I'm a little bit off and I've just been like making mountains out of molehills, like getting like really, uh, obsessed with how much our room is clean and, and, and like how the dishes are done and just coming back and saying, Hey, you know, I know like seeing the person differently for a mo- through a different lens and saying, I know you really care about these things. And I know you really care about us having a clean house. Uh, I'm sorry for, for getting on your case all the time. Cause I, it probably makes you feel like you don't, I don't think you care at all. Mm-hmm. So just acknowledging that from a really soft, unconditionally loving place. And right. then I would say asking your partner, like, how would you like me to communicate um, things I need to be done instead of just going and doing them instantly for you? 
so that we can feel I think, supported. I think, and, and that's, those are amazing um, strategies for sure. And I think it's important to, to, to acknowledge the, the people that don't know, because the, the women that listen to, or the men as well, the people that listen to this may not be as self-aware as we are, because we've done lots and lots and lots of personal development work, et cetera. So I think too, if you're, if you're in a relationship like right now and you're struggling, um, if it is a powerful woman who is a leader in some type of role and you're at home, I think part of it is um, just, I always say that the woman has to, the, the woman has to call uncle first when you're going into this new, new version of yourself. And what I mean by that is if I didn't, I have to release and surrender because he won't, I can't out, he can't out alpha me. So mm-hmm. I have to huh. surrender and I have to be like, instead of saying like, what the fuck, why aren't you doing the dishes? I have to shut my mouth. I have to get still and I have to say, okay, what, what am I, what's actually happening right now? And it's like, it is hard for women like me to swallow that ego again, but it's what it's the surrendering part and it's surrendering into, because it's easy to, to say, well, you should tell your mate, you feel like this. But when you're in that mode, it's anything but easy. You just want to bark, bark, bark. So I, I find like, you know, a lot of the things I talk about is journaling, writing, listening to music. Do Like if you're a woman and you're stressed out by your husband, whether you believe it's legit or not, go somewhere by yourself for 15 minutes and dance. And then you can come back to it in this different energy and say, okay, babe, I know that was ridiculous what I was saying about the dishes. I'm just feeling this about this because it's, it's hard to get there when you don't know how to get there. And for a lot Mm -hmm. of people, they don't yet. Right. And I think, so I love that you brought up strategies for people who definitely know how to get there. And then here's some that, you know, if you, cause I I know friends of mine that will listen to this and be like, what? Cause they're still new. Right. It's either you totally know about feminine masculine or you have no idea. And the no idea people are just like, why would I give in like that? Well, because it feels good. It feels good to surrender and be, be in that energy, I think. But I mean, any yeah. way you slice it, it's challenging. I think that's a really good point. And uh, it, it really ties in with law of attraction, which is anything that we believe that we want, we only want because we believe we're going to feel better when we have it. Mm. So when you're thinking about your relationship, what do you want in your relationship? Most people want passion, love, sex, connection, understanding, joy. That's what most people want in their relationship is, is, is these emotions that they believe they're going to feel when they can get their relationship to that place. And so surrendering to whatever is the path of least resistance and, you know, within limits, right. But taking moments like that, where it's like, it's dishes, it's dishes. Do you really want to be sitting in a rocking chair when you're 85 years old and say, yeah, I've spent oh, the last I love that years you said that. yelling at my husband about the dishes instead of just having right. a good time and being in love. No. Yep. Right. So yep. what's the path of least resistance? It's like you're saying soften a little bit, let go of your ego and feel into what's really important right now. And how can I actually deepen the connection with this person instead of driving a wedge deeper between us? Right. And I think also, you know, sometimes like having a game plan, like talking about your patterns from a bird's eye view and saying, I acknowledge that sometimes I get in my, my masculine when I do that, honey, this isn't your job, but if I'm annoying the fuck out of you, 
this is what would help me to come down. Mm-hmm. It's not your job. It's always my job to realize this. And it's really important to, to, to know that. But for me, when she gets in that, like I, I call it up my ass. Um, <laughs> when, uh, or when it's not just you, there's other people in our household who do it too. Um, when somebody, when anybody gets up my ass, number one, it's my job to realize it's not about me. Mm-hmm. That like I am whole and worthy and and good internally, whether I did the dishes or not. You know, I'm never going to be perfect, but I am perfect. So and then it's just it's, stop. Let me yeah. just jump in because that's awesome. I love that. But it's it's a mirror, and so anytime anyone's complaining, just know that it has nothing to fucking do with you. It's there. If you put a mirror in front of them, that's what it is. It's never it's never really about you. It's about them. And so that gives you a set right there on that alone gives you a sense of peace. If you can catch it, like, so I love that you're, that you're bringing that up. Thank you. And then the next stage for me is like, when I realize she's like that or anyone else who's like that, is that they just need to relax. And mm. the best thing I can do for her is pour her a bath go out and get her some beer, get her some wine and put on some chocolate, put on some outlander and leave check, her check, alone check. and leave her alone and don't ask her for anything mm-hmm. and yep. let her know that like, she's awesome. She's worthy. She's great. She just, she, she deserves to relax. And what will happen is her, her nervous system will just kind of like unwind back into place. The really important thing is that when I do that, I don't do that from a place to change her. I do it because Mm -hmm. it's coming from an unconditional, like a place inside of me that like I have the ability to give unconditional love right now. And I see her just as like, you know, in her wound itself and she just needs a little bit of love and she can get it for herself in this moment. And I'm not trying to change her or get anything from her. It has to come from a really like unconditionally giving place or I don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That is honestly, you guys, that was, that's, like one of the most beautiful things and thank you for sharing that. And I, I talk constantly about that and it's like, it's like the dancing thing. I mean, Ken said to me, there was a, there's a, one of the, one of our friends on Facebook, Adrian Park. I don't know if you know who he is. I think you might be friends with him. Oh yeah. He did the dance party. Right. right? And Holy shit. Like Ken after he's like, cause I was so in my feminine and I was rocking out. Like me and my 10 year olds were jumping on our rebound. We were mental. Like it was so fun. But I was so so soft after, and he's like, "Okay, you're dancing every day." And I'm like, "I know. I'm telling you. Like, this is the this is my drug of choice is to get myself out of that zone. Is to dance. There's a bottle of wine waiting for me. As soon as we're done, I'm popping the cork and I'm having some of that. <laughs> but it's like we make, you know. I think traditionally we sort of mocked, or society has mocked the whole girly bath thing and the bubbles and the candle. But it works. It just does work. And I think like, why not? And I, I love so much that you are like, so aware that you can see her going into that pattern and break the pattern by doing exactly what she needs, which is exactly what you're doing. And I think like, ladies, if you want to share, like, for sure, share this podcast with your husband, but like, this is an important distinction because I'm, when we're round, wound up like that, it's so fucking hard to unwind us. Like I know in myself when I'm that revved up, I might be like, eh, you're being a bit of a dick right now, Kara, but I'm like, whatever, he deserves it. And I keep going. But if I, my pattern and he will break a pattern by making me laugh, he's really good at breaking my patterns. 
but doing that, like, don't even talk, just go fill the bubble bath, get the wine, get the chocolate, Mm -hmm. get the whatever, and just pour on the love. We cannot fight that. You've completely disarmed us when you do that. And it's a beautiful thing. So I love, love, love that you, uh, that you know to do that. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, so, it doesn't even come. Yeah. It, it, you don't no, even pour on the love. It's, it's you help her pour the love back into herself. Yes, of course. But it, it, in those moments, it, it feels like you're loving us so hard that you just don't have a choice, but you, you just have to, and he, like, he just finished reading, um, the way of the superior man. I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with that book. No, it, it talks a lot about this kind of stuff. And it, it, there's some questionable parts, but overall great book. And it says that when we're being, when we're going into that zone, into that area, the way to disarm us is to just love us more. Don't get pissy with mm-hmm. us. Like, cause then we're just smashing and it's not going to get anywhere, but um, the same thing with like any- the, the bunny in the road is the road is like, mm-hmm. wow, honey, you seem really worked up right now. What's going on? Uh, you know, then it's it's not about me. It's just about being present with the person and 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 acknowledging that something is happening. If they're having an emotional response, something is happening, and it has nothing to do with you. Because some days she will, you know, have like freak out about a dish, and some days she won't, and and it's never. It, it's only about you when you make it about you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Awesome. You guys, that was like just incredible. And I'm so, so like having you on together was like amazing. It's such an interesting experience and I'm definitely going to do more of this, but um, is there anything, any other sort of tidbits you want to leave? Maybe, maybe a little bit like, so that we kind of end off on the theme of this whole thing. Any additional ways that you feel um, maybe Rosie, where you can flip your, you know, get shit done hat to your feminine hat on your own. Um, I know like Sage Robbins talks about when she's out being masculine at her work and her whatever, she comes home and she'll change. She'll do water treatments to kind of shake off the masculine energy. Is there anything like that, that you do that you can kind of share with the women to help, help them balance themselves when they're done getting shit done? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, really, <laughs> There's a lot of different things you could do, but um, my meditation practice is the number one most important thing that helps keep me grounded and helps keep me out of that like frantic get shit done uh, mode. And I noticed that when my medica- my meditation slash it could be considered medication. I think meditation I is a form of medication. But Absolutely, when it's off. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to turn off that mode. Like it, it just mm. runs 24-7. I can't even sleep right. And when it's on, when my game is on and I'm meditating once a day, even if it's only for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, even if that's all I have, it makes a world of difference. Um, that and lately it's been getting outside and getting my hands in the dirt mm. in our yard and just connecting to the earth. And that really helps to ground me and uh, bring me back to that center and that soft place. You know, I think that women's natural gift is to come to that centered, soft place. And I think men, like, as individuals, we all need to balance our own internal masculine and feminine. Like, we we need both of it. Mm -hmm. We really do. Mm -hmm. And um, she has a really beautiful gift of being able to pull me into my soft place as well. And, And it's just in the relationships, it's just a dance back and forth of, like, when you're in your masculine... How do you do that in a healthy way? And when you're in your feminine, how do you do that in a healthy way? And how do you make sure you're not overusing one or the other? 
Because the moment you start to overuse one or the other, that's when things get really out of balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. Well, that's it for, for my questions. And uh, I love both of you. And, and thank you so much for coming on and um, doing this bit of a, a departure of how, you know, how I normally do this. And um, it's going to be a theme for sure, I think, moving forward. So thank you very, very much. Um, I hope to see, are you, are you planning on any events this year? If we get to do any events, are you guys planning on coming to any Tony Robbins you stuff know, or personal events? COVID has, COVID has been such a return to the feminine of like unwinding. Mm. In um, March, we had an event, a wedding. I was supposed to go to UCW, UCW for my first time. I've never been to a Tony oh, Robbins event. Oh, no. I supposed, yeah, I was supposed to go to the one in San Jose in March. And it was like, uh, Chicago, visit to Chicago for my friend, um, go to UPW. Then we were going to have our event at the end of March. Which and then we were going to go with date with destiny, but on mushrooms without right. the mushrooms. And then right. we we're going to have, go back to Chicago for a week for my friend's wedding. I mean, it was going to be the most, the craziest month ever. And, and, and then everything got canceled. It just seemed like our right. world had twisted up all of its masculine energy. So like a, you know, you're in a kid swing on a swing and it gets so tight yep, yep. that, the only way to unwind is to stop Yep. and to go back down. And when you talk about like, are there any more events that you're planning or anything that's happening? I'm like, Nope, I'm just really excited about not. Well, actually it's yeah. not true though. We have some level. We have a few things coming up, but it's okay if I share. You share away. Of course. Okay. So we actually have a challenge coming up on May 10th, but it's online. So it's, we have this event three times a year and um, it's really amazing because it's kind of like, it's when we open the doors for everybody to come in and see what we do. It's seven days long. It's called the get yourself mm. together challenge. Uh, you actually get a personal coach for the week. You get three coaching calls and it's $29 oh. right now. So um, it's get yourself together challenge.com. If anybody wants to check it out, it is an amazing way to just reconnect to what your vision is for yourself and help get rid of any distractions or any uh, energy leaks that are holding you back from creating the life that you want. And it's, amazing. it's a, it's a really cool, when you do it online, it's a really cool way to be able, like an intensive in your life to be able to get that bird's eye view of the patterns that you're playing out in your life over and over and over again. And versus being in person at an event you actually get to be in your life and mm. apply the tools as you learn them yeah it's super powerful I, I think personally like the people that I spend time with and talk to are, are like-minded like you guys and I feel like I, I, of course they don't want people to be sick and I, I think that goes without saying but outside of that I think this is fucking amazing I love it I love the vibe the earth feels quiet it's mm. I'm loving this extra time with my kids. Like yeah. I, I think, and I'm so, I'm so focused on serving the, the community of female entrepreneurs personally on how to balance this so that they're not losing their husbands and their self themselves more importantly in all of the, the toxicity. But it's, I'm, I feel, I like it. Like I want to get my nails done. Don't get me wrong. I want to get my hair did and those things, but outside of that like I said I wish that everything could open except everyone would stay home so that it's like it's just so peaceful like yeah. it just feels and I love that swing analogy because it feels like everybody just went yeah. and it feels good totally. it feels so yeah. so good 
Awesome, you guys. Okay, well, I uh, appreciate it again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in person in the next while. We're at some event together, but um, thank you so much for your time, and uh, take care. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you, Carol. Nice to meet you. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.